Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The House of Elliot Smith, Part 2. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Friday, October 21st, was the 19-year anniversary of Elliot Smith's tragic passing. On our Friday episode, we did a very broad brushstrokes exploration of Elliot Smith's life and music to prepare us, and maybe you, for this episode and the next one. Both are really special. We're approaching the episodes in a way that we rarely do. We're going to report and discuss an exclusive tour we serendipitously received, A tour that includes creative genius, heartache, depression, controversy, and of course, some haunted moments. Let's go inside a bungalow in Echo Park, a place that will forever be Elliot Smith's last home. Elliot Smith's home is still as it was, for the most part. A two-bedroom bungalow nestled in the back of a four-unit complex located up in the hills of Echo Park. It is not, as many believe, the infamous basement on a hill. That's Smith's recording studio in Malibu. This space is discreet, overlooking the Spanish-style residences of LA's east side with a striking view of downtown Los Angeles. When we walked up, it felt pretty low-key. But before we go inside, Jason, what were your thoughts before we visited, or preconceived notions? Even though this is in the general neighborhood that I know Mm -hmm. and familiar with, I was a little bit caught off guard and a little bit panicked with the steepness of the hill <laughs> to get up there and i it was expecting it to be narrow and mm-hmm. difficult to park the hills were similar to san francisco totally and i wasn't expecting that and i think that added to my kind of interest and and anticipation mm-hmm. so when i got there i was pretty front loaded with a little bit of anxiety yeah 
Yeah. It's hard on the glutes and you get there and you're a little caught off guard. People don't really realize some of the narrow streets and honestly more of the historical residences have those. And you get there and you're like, where am I? Also, it's beautiful, but also where am I? There's a difference between talking about it, planning it, Mm -hmm. maybe even looking at photos online. Mm -hmm. But when you get to this place, you're just not prepared for it, especially if it's something really heavy Mm -hmm. like this. Yeah, for sure. The current tenant met us at the door, her gentle whippet at her feet. He just wants all the attention. That's all he cares about. Her name is Ren Maddox, a visual artist in Los Angeles. We can sit wherever and... Her full bio will be at the end of this episode, and links to her work and contacts can be found in the episode notes. We can't thank Ren enough for allowing us to be in her home, the home she shares with a dark history she believes is much lighter with time and good energy. I just want to say this street, there's magic here. It's creatives, they're artists, they're musicians, and they're just storytellers. There's so much history here. It's so rich. I feel very lucky to be here. What happened here on October 21st, 2003 is debated, but the foundation is simple. It was the last... Hours of Elliot Smith's life. He would die in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. We begin the tour in the kitchen and entryway, the area where Elliot Smith was losing blood and unconscious while paramedics tried to resuscitate him. So this is the kitchen. This is where his nearly final resting place was. They were trying to revive him right here. And... um, there was a lot of blood. This used to be carpeted. And you can see, like, actually where, when they did remove the carpet where the buff marks are. Oh, yeah. This, this whole area. This, like, this is the space. And this is also the woods breaking, too. You can still see marks on the floor where this occurred, which was eerie to me. I feel like it was something where you're like, oh, shit, uh, this, is, this is the place where this happened. This is the time and place. And we're, we're standing right in front of it. When you see the buffing marks, the extra buffing that was done, and mm-hmm. you know you can watch it in uh, all the documentaries you want or photos online and hear people describe it, but to see it right in front of you, especially in a kitchen, mm-hmm. whereas maybe a bedroom would be a place maybe you'd expect it, but it's like just right there in the little entranceway to the kitchen, and it's, it still looks buffed out yeah, as if... It didn't happen 19 years ago, as if it happened a month ago, a week ago, a year ago, and it's it's pretty eerie. Yeah, it's like if they were trying to rent the place out, and they're like, "Quick, uh, buff this thing, buff this horrible memory out, quick!" Yeah, it's really in your face, and it reminds me of the home that we're recording this in right now is over 100 years old. There's so much history to all of this, even where it's unexpected. Then we move through the hallway to a floating bookshelf. Um, this is the bookshelf, floating bookshelf. This was before we came to view the space. This is the first image that came up, was a shot right here in this bookcase. And I immediately was like drawn to it. Ren shows us some carvings, one of which says E slash O, a reference to Smith's iconic album, Either Or. This one, this is Life in the Fast Lane. And I, I only noticed it, the sun was coming in. You see the sun's not on it right now, but like later on in the day, there's like this golden light that comes in. And then, oh, this one, it's EO. 
Ren's not sure who made the carvings, but the floating shelf has many, many scars from the residents who may or may not have been Elliot Smith. She also talks about how living in this house was almost faded in a way. That's how I ended up here, is the place that I was staying at in Franklin Hills was demonic. I was under so much stress. We had just moved uh, to that place, and immediately it was just everything. I started getting really, really sick. And I have an autoimmune disease. I have lupus, so I'm sensitive to things. But this was beyond, like, a normal lupus flare. This was... Like, I felt like I was dying. Yeah. It was awful. And I don't know if it was part of the stress, but it was one of the worst uh, sleep paralysis episodes I had ever had. Oftentimes with sleep paralysis, if you do hear a voice, uh, it is demonic sounding, but this was telling me to get out for real. And then obviously with all of my uh, health issues, it was like we had, like we had to get out. Beautiful space but it was bad. But it, it was meant to be, I was not meant to be there. Yeah. And they pushed me out. They were, they <laughs> to be successful. here, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Wild. And then we canceled the lease, and this was one of the first spaces that popped up. It was newly posted, and it was perfect timing, and the shot is of this floating bookcase, and I was like, that's so cool. From there we go to the bedroom which was also Elliot Smith's bedroom with his girlfriend, Jennifer Chiba. It's a small room, one of the darker areas in the house. There wasn't much of note in there for me, personally, but I think this is a good time to introduce Aaron K. Van Pei, our resident medium who came to our tour specifically to connect to the house and communicate with it. We had her come to the room Janice Joplin died in years ago, and we were happy to have her back. She also knew next to nothing about Elliot Smith and didn't want to know that much before coming and feeling out the space. Uh, but my strongest was definitely in the, in the bedrooms. Let's go. Yeah. When she investigated and meditated, I can't really kind of say what she does, her first thoughts were on this room, and they were pretty dark. Especially kind of in this area right here is definitely like, um, there's a lot of, Body, a lot of body feelings that I feel in here. And when you say body feelings, what what is feelings that? in my own body that are like very much like a wave of emotion and a wave of those death feelings, mm-hmm. death body feelings, mm-hmm. all encompassing sort of like um, sadness and fear and. I definitely, some, something fucked up, I think, happened in this room. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely, I f- felt blood and, uh, you know, nauseous. And all. Aaron thinks Smith maybe stabbed himself in the bedroom initially, but of course we can't know that for sure. Whatever happened there, the space felt very charged to Aaron. And then a charged space that we move away from into the rest of the bungalow. But first, let's take a break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. Checking in. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for listening and supporting. Mm -hmm. We hope you're well. Absolutely. It's a pretty intense episode. Yes. I'm grateful for the break. Um, A lot going on. Very interesting, but very intense. I think a nice break from the heaviness is talking about a very laid back subject (laughs) I like to call the government. Mm, Oh, yeah. The the coolest, the most laid back, the chillest. Thank God for our government. We have in a classic lazy boy just chilling Mm. out. Mm -mm. You got a soda there? Oh, there's cup holders. Oh, nice. Ashley Matson. Hello. Maxing and relaxing on a sectional. (laughs) Wow. That's the comfiest part of the couch. Dara Rosenzweig. Oh, yeah. Totally dominating an ottoman? <laughs> Dominant ot. Yeah. Stephen Bates. You are looking relaxed, Stephen Bates. And rocking a papazon chair <laughs> like only <laughs> oh my she God. knows how. Half fucking asleep? Cat Joselle. Hell yeah. Woo. I'm so chill just hearing these names. And our governor. Mm. Sitting in exactly what you'd expect, but more opulent, and being held up by us. We (laughs) are the human legs of a throne. Oh. It's plush. And there are cup holders. Oh, fuck yeah. And there's a remote close by. You don't have to get up. Don't even try to get up. Avian Noble. Noble. So if you want no ads, no chit-chat, bonus episodes, getting it early, we're going to be putting a lot of exclusive stuff Mm -hmm. around our findings and discoveries about Elliot Smith and the house and our interviews and the haunted aspects on our Patreon. Hell yeah. It helps support the show. Thank you to anyone who is a patron. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Patreon.com slash ghost town pod. It's simple. It's simple. Just type it into your browser window. Yeah, just just go rock that browser. <laughs> open up a tab. You already have a hundred tabs open. Yeah, open, open up one, one more. more. We dare ya. We do, in the spirit of Halloween. Just do it. Open up a spooky old tab. Ooh. <laughs> Let's get back into it. Getting back. We're back in Elliot Smith's house. We're back in his last residence. Passing by the bathroom, the room that Jennifer Chiba locked herself in, where Smith stabbed himself. For me, it's not much to write home about, in my opinion. It's a narrow, tiled bathroom where I can only imagine a lot of anger and fear was experienced in those moments before and after Chiba hears Smith's screams, depending on what you believe. The bathroom to me was was not much, even though, again, I feel like it should have been more of a maybe a charge space for, for Aaron or maybe for Ren, but pretty peaceful, in my opinion. What's interesting about the bathroom is when you walk out of the bathroom, that floating bookshelf is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And depending on your state of mind, it's a very 
almost like intrusive thing like right in front of you when you're mm-hmm. leaving a bathroom which i noticed just from using the bathroom yeah it's this, you know, the same bookshelf that has the e slash o and other things inscribed into it yeah it's very very cool but it almost makes like this narrow little hallway in front of the bathroom and i don't know what if that would change someone's state of mind if you're just i think for somebody who's not used to leaving the bathroom because when you walk out of that bathroom like oh wait okay just yeah don't, can't, just, can't just walk straight <laughs> you have to make a left or a right or go through it which yeah I yeah i mean it's it's a little narrow and and i, I wouldn't say claustrophobic because that's not it's it's a very airy light apartment again in my experience but it is interesting the layout kind of runs you through these little these little turns and ringers that you think about their conflicts and their fighting um and and where they would have walked and stormed by and you can kind of see it there really down that narrow hallway i'll make sure there's some video up Mm -hmm. as you're listening to this and i'll have a link in the episode notes oh yeah So after the bathroom, we head to the office. Now, the office is arguably one of the heaviest rooms in the house. Likely, and this is what Jason said we were there, we were uh, surmising that maybe it was a recording studio before it was an office space uh, where the residents now work. I say heavy because, well, I don't don't know. Aaron definitely thought it was heavy, as did Ren's friend who joined us in the middle of the tour. Ren's friend is named Kylie Adams, and she's a musician. We'll put her music in the notes, too, and her music is also featured in these episodes, which is very exciting. It was obvious that Kylie and Ren were very close and that Kylie felt very much at home in the bungalow. The two even joked about Kylie basically living there. It was true. During our stay, she was relaxed, chatted, and eventually made herself lunch. For as much as she loved Ren and the space, however, she did not like that room. Um, I've stayed over at this house a lot. I actually feel very peaceful in this house, which is weird, because it seems weird. I feel like I should feel something else, but I don't. But this room, I don't like this room. Mm. I don't like sleeping in this room. So now I'll sleep on the couch if I stay over. Um, I have woken up and seen, like, a shadow go past or something in the nighttime. That really freaked me out, and I don't think I stayed here for a while after that. Part of the reason this room is so controversial might be because it has a very creepy trap door in the closet. Ren found it when she was cleaning and now uses it as a little keepsake area, or time capsule, dedicated to Elliot Smith. She mostly gets visitors and gifts on the day Elliot Smith was born and the day he died. From the conversation we had, according to her, the visitors mostly feel respectful, just sad, wanting to find answers. So this is a collection of stuff that's been left behind. You can't throw these things away. They're like, yeah. to be here. And then when I found the trapdoor, I'm like, oh, this is like the perfect spot for it. But little rose, candles. These are the trinkets. I try to keep these trinkets. Lots of keys. I don't know why people leave keys. Marbles, um, people leave art here. This actually kind of creeped me out because they're the trees outside of the house. Oh wow! So they like did a sketch outside the house, but this was a this was an important note. Obviously, I read it, but it's someone who is struggling with addiction who said that how grateful they were for you know his music and that did something to help them. But the trapdoor was su- surprising and and very creepy. I think when she opened it, it felt. Like, oh my God, I did not see this coming. And holy shit, like all of these things in here made me feel like, I mean, it was just very charged. This is when I would call it charged. When you're watching a movie or a TV show and the house seems normal, 
and then someone finds a trap door. Mm -hmm. This is what it's like, but it's real. I don't experience that all mm -hmm. the time where people just have hidden areas, mm -hmm. almost like an an attic, but in the floor. Yeah. And in it's just a very authentic thing to experience. And looking at all the gifts people left, and you know they're leaving them with all their love and all their pain. And, totally. And, and all the, the weight of that, it's a lot. And I barely want, I didn't really want to handle it. I didn't want to read anyone's, I just wanted to kind of keep it as it was. Totally. And Ren was really cool. She was just like, hey, you want to, you know, yeah, like and, and read it. And mm -hmm. you know, I think the people that wrote it wouldn't mind people also maybe experiencing that too. I can't say for sure. But for me, I just felt like it was me just to look at the pieces and people are so creative and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's just a testament to their love and loyalty. And it's, you know, Elliot Smith is a lot of people's favorite singer favorite artist mm -hmm. so you, you can just see the heaviness uh in it and all the all the gifts they left and the, i think there was like a yes album yeah i mean it was so personal and everything has a story that we will never know what the full extent of the meaning and the stories around the stuff and it also felt like ren was really the keeper of this stuff I try to put myself in the shoes of someone going to leave something at, again, doing the research, going to the house that Elliot Smith lived, bringing something really like important and personal, like a letter or a drawing, and leaving it there and not knowing what the residents will do with it, what will happen to it, but just knowing that it's like a really important piece that you put a lot of work into and you hope that it is acknowledged by whomever, whomever you're intending it to be acknowledged by, and then her keeping all these pieces. I mean, it was really like, yeah, very special, but also like very personal in a way that I felt very voyeuristic, <laughs> kind of even looking inside of the little, she kept everything in little tin. She's taken on a responsibility in a way to, who's occupying this space in Echo Park in Los Angeles. I mean, this is, this is a very iconic thing. Not that she has to be responsible, you know, mm -hmm. she's a resident in the house, but I, you could tell that she like cares and, and about that responsibility of, of people leaving things and, and probably, and she's just a, a great vibes. Yeah. And she just, again, she was like, well, I live in this house now. I'm taking on this kind of protector guardian role of these things and these people's artifacts and doing it with very good spirits, which again, I don't think a lot of people would have done. I think back to the Joshua Tree Inn where Graham Parsons died and I stayed in that room. And that room had just a very different vibe. And there were tons of things there. There was the whole room was loaded with CDs and pictures and drawings and photographs and letters and and it just it felt like it wasn't it was just like a bunch of stuff in a room. Like it didn't feel like the way I feel like it should have felt, but this little trap door with these artifacts really felt like, oh, there's a purpose to these things and they feel like they're contributing positively all around. It was much different. The way things are curated really changes what their usefulness is and their commemorativeness is. I went to where Eddie Van Halen grew oh, up shit. in Pasadena, mm. right within a few days or a week after he died. Yeah. And it's not inside a house, but it's in front of a house and mm -hmm. it's pretty fresh. It's just, I mean, two houses worth of artifacts, flowers, photos, and the love of people's love of music is different than people's love of film mm -hmm. or books. There's just something different about that 
that at least I can relate to a little bit more. Yeah, and I think the experiential nature of music and how how quickly it touches people. I mean, I, I feel like that way about books and art and things like that. But I think music really touches people. It really gets to people, and it's such an accessible art form that everyone can relate to it. Everyone likes music. You know, it's not you know rarely a person where you're like, oh, I don't have a favorite song. You know, so I think it really touches people in a profound way. Have you ever heard a song you're like? This song is about me. Yeah, every I, song. <laughs> I very se- I very seldomly think this movie is about me. I think mm-hmm. there could be aspects of it that I'm like, yeah. But I've never watched a movie and I was like, this whole movie is about me. At least just me personally. But there's so many songs that are like, yeah. Holy shit, that's this my is, breakup. This is my yeah. This how is my know? childhood. This is my yesterday. Today. This is how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. And there's songs are short. They're three minutes. You yeah. Know? I mean, unless you can read a book in three minutes or watch a movie in three minutes, but I feel like there's the, that, that immediacy to it too makes it just more accessible emotionally. Mm-hmm. Just Absolutely. my my thoughts. Absolutely, that trapdoor will stick with me for a very long time. So, like Kylie, when Aaron checked out the office with the trapdoor. She was not a big fan. She didn't see the trapdoor specifically, I just want to say, but she meditated on the couch in the room. And I'm not even sure what she does is meditating, so excuse me if I'm wrong. When she sat in the room, she became visibly red, like getting a bad sunburn or like she had just come back from a very strenuous run. It was very strange. We all experienced it, and it was something that she acknowledged as well. Um, But... This room, hot and weird, stifling. Like, I'm probably really red right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm like, <laughs> that was weird to me. Someone can go around a house and be like, these are the things that I feel. But when Erin, when she's physically changing, that always like freaks me the fuck out. You can see it in the video. You can see her progressively getting redder in the face. Um, I gotta get out of this room. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Mm. And then I also had the experience. Oh, yeah that was not in that room for some reason i don't know usually i didn't get that i knew it was a, i felt like it was a music room and it had to be and that's mm-hmm. where a lot of probably a lot of emotion and, and and pain and and love and life existed but maybe it carried over but just me and just sitting in the living room my just and it's my arm just turned red and there was like a almost a, a so I showed you there was a, yeah. almost like a scratch in the shape of an S if the S was extended. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe I like was leaning my arm into an armrest like too mm-hmm. much. Like there was an indentation, but it wasn't that. And I was like, what is going on my arm? And just this S was getting redder and it was just super irritated. Yeah. And then it was gone. Yeah. So this all started, you pointed this out to us when we were interviewing Ren and Kylie on the couch. We were just like in their main area, which well, we'll get to too, but it, it's, I was just like, did something scratch, like, did, did the dog scratch you? Like, is there some, because it was like a red, mar- yeah, it was very, very strange. The inside, it would start maybe the inside of my bicep through my elbow into my forearm. Mm. And I don't know, and it was there and it was gone. It was there for a little bit though. It was there for like 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I took a picture of it, I mm-hmm. think. I, it's... It was very, very strange. And again, on top of another strange event, uh, really, really threw me. So after the redness on both Jason's arm and Aaron's face, we go to the balcony where Smith attempted to jump, 
before collapsing due to his stab wounds, which again is is one version of the story, the story that Ren was telling. So that's how she was kind of walking us through. The balcony, I want to say, is is beautiful. It's peaceful. But Erin, when she's on the balcony, calls out almost exactly what happened there, which again, on top of all of these other instances, was a lot for me to process. It also had like um, a feeling of like, like I felt like a drop in my stomach, almost like a falling feeling. Erin stands where she thinks it happened, not overlooking the valley where we guessed, but to the left-hand side of the balcony. Again, we don't know for sure, but she felt very strongly about this. And this, again, freaked me the fuck out. It was a beautiful place, very peaceful, and she kind of gravitates right to this one spot on the balcony, calls this one thing out. Finally, we end the tour in the living room area by the floating bookshelf. Here, Ren tells us about her experience with the house and specifically how she believes she has a spiritual connection to Smith. This is uh, Ferdinand the Friendly Bull, which is one of my favorite books growing up because uh, I, I identified with the bull. <laughs> Just want to sit and smell the flowers and not be competitive and not be forced to do things. Just, just want to enjoy life. And I think there was a lot of pressure on him. But as a jokester, and I feel like that's where he brought kind of the positivity into his life, was doing practical jokes. That's something I've heard. And, like, that book has fallen off that shelf so many times. That specific book that my friend pointed out. And I didn't know that they had any connection that he had that tattoo. But then it kept happening. But the book kept falling off. And then knowing he was a jokester, I'm like, he's here. He's still playing jokes. (laughs) A believer in ghosts, Ren thinks Elliot Smith is there sometimes and gives off a mostly positive, encouraging energy. She talks about how doors close all the time, how a friend, maybe Kylie, though she couldn't quite remember, thought she heard an Elliot Smith song playing when nothing was playing at all. Overall, she feels the space is positive and peaceful. I don't think it's haunted. I think it, it gets visitors. I think a haunting is more when their presence is just here all the time and that creates like an anxiety of sorts, but I can sense a presence, but I don't consider it a haunting. I consider it just a a spiritual visit. I, I feel like I can just transition into that. I didn't know about, so obviously his, his album is either or, and I didn't know like what that meant but one of the second nights I was staying here I was exhausted from cleaning and I fell asleep on the couch and I had a sleep paralysis episode and it started off uh, with the demonic just chanting and I'm like oh here we go again this bitch from this other house followed me over here (laughs) and uh, I uh, just tried getting through it Um, and it turned into, I disassociated. So I couldn't move, but then I could see my, myself float away. And then I hear this demonic voice saying, this is my favorite volume. And then the way I remember it, it was violent, where I was shoved into this bookcase. But I'm realizing now it wasn't a violent thing, it was like an aggressive, like, look, this is my favorite volume, and I didn't understand what that meant. And that's why I, I investigated all the carvings and stuff on there, and then the EO, and I was like, oh, that's either or. And that was his album, and that's also, uh, he was reading uh, Soren Kierkegaard, 
at that time. Either or, you have a choice. Either or. But looking back, I, w- I was thinking like, oh, I would tell people like it was a violent encounter, but really it was like, no, you need to see this, you have a choice. And it's, it's perspective, and what are you gonna do with that? Jason, do you remember when you asked if he had died there, if it would have changed the energy of the space? Yes. Do you think that it would have? I think it would probably change the trajectory of 19 years ago till now, mm-hmm. because you might might find police photo. You might find photos since he was alive when he left. Maybe not. So I think it would change that whole trajectory. I feel like there might be possibly less peace or maybe more peace, but it's when it's a final resting place. I don't know. And but I think it would change Elliot Smith's world of Elliot Smith. That happened there because I, there might be different things may have happened. Yeah. Photos, reports, people traipsing in and out of a what they might consider a crime scene. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of glad for the current tenants that it's not that. I think personally, also, we don't know exactly what happened in that place. And we'll never know the full truth. And it's a great place. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Decorated beautifully. Everything about it is so cool. And there's no reason for somebody like me to even be in that area. Mm-hmm. I'm not cool enough. No, but you got I, a rash there. and that's... I, I did get a rash there, and I got a little panic going up that hill and down that <laughs> hill to leave, and there's no other way off that mountain. Yeah, you're you're up or you're down, no matter what. Overall, like the man itself, the bungalow has a lot of layers. It was, like we said, beautiful and did seem peaceful. But the creaky floors, the strange vibes in certain rooms, a trap door, it seemed to almost embrace the mythology and legacy of its former tenant, which is what we'll talk about next week. First, if anyone stopped by the bungalow on the 21st, the anniversary of Smith's passing, and then using insight from Ren, the current tenant, and statements from fans and experts, we'll talk about the legacy and controversy surrounding Elliot Smith's death. Special thanks to guest editor and producer Brian Fernandez, Ren Maddox, Aaron K. Van Pei, Kylie Adams, and Sophia Kircher. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.